so I know it's been a while. I was actually just checking to see when I recorded this last episode, um, and it was a month ago. It was May 30th. Um, I don't, I didn't mean for it to be so long. I just think that, like, I didn't want to be tone deaf in the sense of talking about stupid or, you know, silly, frivolous things when there was so much going on in the world. So I decided to take a little bit of a break. Um, and in that silence, really just learning and, and becoming more informed about things that I, I thought I knew, but it turns out that there's a lot that, uh, that I have to learn. And I think that's a good thing. I think that pretending to know something or feeling like there's nothing else you can learn about a subject is really immature. And I think constantly growing and evolving, um, shows that there's more of a complex thing that's going on in, for people who are unaware. So I'm talking really vaguely, so I'd like to just, <clears throat> sorry, just kind of go in and, and talk about this, um, in, in a way that makes sense to me. So let me just say that, guys, I am tired. I am so tired. I just, so much has gone on in the past few weeks, and I just feel like I cannot keep up. Like I said, I mean, I chose to remain a little bit more quiet about a lot of things until I had almost like an eloquent or almost eloquent way of processing everything and speaking up and speaking well about all the things that are occurring today, all of these issues. Now, do I think that I'm ever going to be able to speak perfectly about any sort of subject? Absolutely not. And because, again, if I wait for that to happen, I'm never going to speak up about the things that I, I feel that I should. Um, and the point is, like, you, you shouldn't be waiting until perfection because it just doesn't exist. And so, listen, am I going to get it right? Probably not. Am I learning? Am I trying to be better? Absolutely. Um, and this really all stems from a couple of different things. Like, I need to say that there, there is so much of a misconception when it comes to Black Lives Matter that it just, it makes me very, very frustrated. So, I mean, this whole, like, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, I, I mean... I feel like I'm not even somebody who should be able to explain this in a way that would make sense. But the way that I can really, like, explain it to people that don't really feel like all lives matter is offensive. Because what happens is people hear black lives matter. And in their mind, they think that's all that matters. That's only what matters. And that's more important. And it should be all lives matter because everybody's life is important. Okay. Let's unpack that a little bit. Again, I'm not an expert and this is just the way that it makes sense to me and how I've explained it. If all lives matter, every single life, right? You have to include or you're, you're trying to say that, that black lives are included in all lives matter, right? That's, that's how people interpret it. Like, you can't say black lives matter because all lives matter. All lives do matter. However, right now, black lives are the lives that are being, are, are, there are no life, right? Like, we're, there's people who are dying and there's people who are being hanged in, or hung or whatever in 
uh, in trees in 2020. Like, there's people who are being killed for walking down the street. There's people who are, you know, just being killed while they're sleeping. While they're sleeping. And I cannot understand, like, people saying, well, how could you say black lives matter? Well, because, listen, all lives cannot matter until you include black lives in all lives matter. Because what you're really saying is all lives matter, so don't give, you know, black lives any more attention. Like, how dare you? Like, we're, you know, like, it's this just, like, it's so racist without trying to be racist, right? And because, listen, I've had to explain it to people that are in my life. Like, listen, I understand your your sentiment in all lives matter, but what you're really saying is don't give any extra attention. At least that's how I interpret it. Again, am I right or wrong? I have no idea. I'm just telling you how, how it works for me. Now, with that being said, I feel like a lot of attention, which is great, has been brought to Black Lives Matter. But what I think is kind of, people are kind of missing the mark in the sense of like, listen, you don't have to be an advocate that's like screaming from the rooftops and posting and doing all of these things. If you are, fantastic. If you are kind of taking the approach that I've been taking, which is kind of posting about it, but also not wanting it to feel like it's not authentic, also like reading and, and, and listening to podcasts and watching interviews and making donations and writing emails and calling places, that's kind of what I've been doing in the background because I don't feel that I'm in a position to be this, you know, outspoken advocate. I'm absolutely wanting to be an ally of, of people and I hope that I'm doing that well, but I think there's a level of discomfort in not wanting to seem like it's phony. So I think, you know, put your money where your mouth is and for me, like, yeah, I could post and I have been, but also doing the work. And you don't have to prove to anyone that you're doing the work. I think a lot of people feel the need to be posting to show that they care. But what really matters is you know in your heart what you're doing. And that's that's all you can ask for, just doing your best. Now, with that being said, Black Lives Matter does not automatically, in my head, mean that there's hatred for cops. I have cops in my life that I, you know, friends, husbands, and, and, you know, friends from, you know, school, and people, my next door neighbor is a cop, and I don't automatically hate police officers, right? Because it's not fair in my head to just be, like, vaguely or generally speaking about anybody or anything. Black Lives Matter is not to say that, you know... I automatically now hate police officers. It's the fact that there is such a discrepancy between just what's right, just what is right. And that is regular citizens saying hateful, disgusting, racist, racist things to people. Um, it's not just cops, but that's where this is all stemming from. Now, again, I, I know there's this whole thing about, like, there are no good cops or there, you know, whatever. That's not true, in my opinion. And you can you can disagree with me, and if we can have a conversation about this, but I think that it just that just like it's unfair to say, like, black lives matter versus all lives matter versus blue lives matter versus whatever color matters, it's, it's just about being a human being and being empathetic and, and understanding right from wrong. I have 
friends that, you know, are cops or friends of, you know, husbands or wives or whatever that are, are police officers, and I have nothing but respect for them. Just like I have nothing but respect for the people, you know, that are, you know, like in the black community. I, I can, in my head, I can make sense of all of it. Now, there are people who are one side or the other, and I'm not going to tell you that that's right or wrong. That's your journey, and that's your mindset, and I'm not here to change it. I'm, I'm learning in real time about true racism, and I'm learning about, you know, good versus bad, and I'm learning about just, like, a broken system. So there's a lot to learn, but I wanted to just say, like, I'm not playing both sides and saying that Black Lives Matter, but also I have respect for police officers. I think that if I'm able to distinguish the differences, that's, I'm on the right path, in my personal opinion. So with that being said, I just wish that things were different. And I, I hope, 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 hope that in moving forward in the future, hopefully in the near future, we can see some changes. We can see you know, true acceptance in, you know, in the black community, in, in LGBTQ communities, in everything that right now feels like I'm living in, in the 1950s and 60s. Like, I feel like the news, like headlines lately are, are something that are in textbooks. And it's, it's crazy. And I think me being a teacher and teaching, I teach social issues, um, as part of my curriculum that I think that does give, help me have a better understanding or a better like whole image or whole picture in my head where some people cannot see that. I think I'm able to look at things from different perspectives in different ways because of the exposure that I've had. And I think a lot of people can't say that and they don't want to see any differently. I think that's a huge thing. Like there's such a, a stigma against like changing your opinion when you've learned new information. And there's like this sense of pride. Like I can't have a different opinion than I used to have because this is what I've been taught and this is what I know. And and I think if we can start breaking down those barriers and those boundaries, then we're in a good place because you're learn you're learned. <laughs> you're taught you're taught things and you have to unlearn them or relearn them as you get older. And I think this might be a good way that, like, if I if I have children, I can teach them something early on in life that I learned later on in life. And I think that's huge. However, what makes me really sad is that there's always going to be people that don't want equality. There's always going to be people that are just hateful. Now, that could be hateful to me that could be hateful to you know gay people that could be hateful to people of color that could be like it doesn't matter there's just always going to be there's always going to be hate and it makes me so upset to think about that especially like when it comes to ignorance yeah yesterday uh frank and i were in ShopRite, and we're online and we're waiting for uh we're waiting to you know pay or whatever and the line next to us are two young you know, girls, and they're just, like, saying hateful, hateful things, and they're cursing, and they just, it was, it was very quick, but it, like, made me, like, you know, insane, crazy, and I, I turned to Frank, and I said, you know, 
what makes me really, really upset is that there's always going to be ignorant people in the world. And he said that it's going to make you upset. And I said, yeah, it makes me really upset and really angry that, you know, we work so hard to, to show acceptance and to be allies and to, and to be understanding and welcoming and nurturing of everyone. And there's people like these people next to us that are just, now they weren't saying it to anybody. They were talking amongst themselves, but it was still just like, Jesus, come on. Um, and you know, that comes from a lot of different factors. So hopefully at some point we can be better. Anyway, um, let's talk about, let's talk about something that is going to sound so silly, but really has affected me in the last few weeks. As everybody knows, if you've been listening to this podcast, is that I am absolutely obsessed with Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis. Um, they have the Hollis company. They are, you know, a couple that have, you know, making their life's work, helping others and, and becoming your best self. And, you know, I, I am a true follower of the things that they are doing. So I, they're the journal that I use their brand. I, today I'm actually wearing one of their shirts that they made. Um, they have amazing books and podcasts and, and I've really made them a part of my life for the last three years. They announced like two weeks ago, I think that they're getting divorced and guys not trying to sound dramatic, but when I read that, it felt like my parents were telling me they were getting divorced because it, it hit so close to home. Like it, it gutted me and I was like shaking and Frank was like, he was upset too, but in the sense of like, he sees it as like, how could they be telling people about how to live their life and how to have an exceptional relationship and how to blah, blah, blah. And he feels like he's been like lied to. Whereas I'm taking it a different way of like, you just don't know what people go through behind closed doors. And it, it does upset me because I used a lot of their, you know, a lot of what they have done, I've used as a model for my own life and my own relationship. And it's like having the rug ripped out from under you because you put so much value in someone else's work um, that you know, when you see that, that, listen, they're human too, and they have problems that I'm not privy to knowing. It's none of my business, but it does feel really hard. Um, because again, I, I really value them as people. And I don't think that that necessarily has changed, but I do, I do kind of feel very, um, disappointed. I feel disappointed. And, I don't know. I just, I, I, it really put me in a funk and I did not expect it to linger as long as it has. Um, but they both have been putting out like separate statements and separate podcasts about, and like, listen, I don't expect them to tell me what went wrong, but they did, you know, it just shows you that social media is not real life because as much as they were open and transparent about their struggles throughout their, their marriage, like nobody has a perfect relationship. Um, they also showed all the happy times, which you should. You should celebrate, you know, your your life's happiness and joy and all of those things. But it makes it that much harder to accept that they are no longer together. And they said, like, it wasn't one big thing. It was a, it was a thousand small things. And 
it just, oh, it really made, made me sad. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of still recovering from that as kind of silly as that sounds, but I guess you just don't realize how, how much, you know, something will affect you because I don't know them personally, but it feels like I do because of, you know, the, the, I guess like the persona that they put out there or just like their whole presence in social media made me feel like I did know them. So I don't know. It's, it really did make me upset, but we're getting there. It's human. I'm a human being. I can't really help it. I even, I was talking to my therapist about it and she's like, it's okay to, to feel upset and sad. Like, but let's maybe unpack why you're so disappointed. And I think part of it is like, uh, well, I wanted to be Rachel Hollis. So that's, seeing that she's human kind of really puts a damper on all that. Uh, but I think the, the feeling disappointed is probably stemming from like, you know, they, they seem like they had a stable relationship and, you know, we all crave stability in our lives. And I think that that kind of rocked, rocked me a little bit. So I don't know. What can you do? But anyway, some good news, guys, I don't remember which episode it was, but I did say that I was really, really close in having, uh, in convincing Frank to get a dog and it worked. We've had our dog for like three weeks now. So if I, my last episode was May 30th, June 3rd, we got our boy. So yeah, it's been, it's been almost a month. His name is Bucky, uh, after Bucky Barnes from Marvel, like Captain America, Avengers, all that. If you don't know who that is, ask Frank. He'll give you a whole biography. But his name is Bucky. He's three years old. He's a mini poodle. He's the best dog ever. And I know, like, everybody says that, but he really is. He sleeps, like, 22 hours a day. He is just really cute to look at. He does bark at other dogs a lot, but we're getting there. Um, he was happy at the vet and the groomer. So, obviously, there's something off about him, but that's fine. He's just the best, and he brings me so much joy. Um, oh, I just hit the mic. That probably didn't sound good. Um, he brings me so much joy and happiness. It's actually ridiculous. I think having your own dog, as opposed from like your family's dog growing up, it's a totally different experience. Like, I don't know. I'm just, he's my child. And I always made fun of people for feeling that way, but I totally understand it now. Um, especially for me, like this season that I'm in right now with like, work ending or, or this whole thing of like the pandemic and, and being home and having a lot of like additional anxiety and nervousness and overwhelming feelings, like all of it's been heightened and getting this dog, it just really is like the best medicine ever. Like he makes me so happy. He is just like a constant source of happiness and joy. And I mean, does he drive me crazy? A little bit at times, but mostly like he's totally fine. Um, and I think that like, you know, having him just as like this, like emotional support is amazing. Um, he's right next to me currently just laying and just snoozing, living his best life. So his story is a little bit of a sad one. Um, he's three years old, like I said, and he was on the street they found him on the street and they brought him to the shelter and we got him like right away. He is a little anxious when it comes to certain things, and I think that's just because of his sad story. But it was awesome. Like, we 
we got this dog so fast. I like, I can't even believe it happened. So as everybody knows, I've been begging Frank for a dog for like six years. And we started really talking about it in like a serious way, probably like two weeks or three weeks before we actually got our dog. And it kind of was just like very hypothetical. Like if we had a dog, we could do this or what, you know, kind of making these pros and cons. And, you know, I go for a walk every single day around my neighborhood and Frank would come with me sometimes and we'd see dogs. And I think it, it kind of just started being a little bit more of a not if, but when. And, you know, I was treading lightly. I, I didn't want to force him. And it was, it happened very organically in the sense of like, all right, let's, let's at least start kind of putting applications out there and see, or like start kind of looking for dogs and seeing what's going to go on. So the day before, or two days before we got our dog, um, I didn't even know he existed. So I was at work. I actually had to go into the building to clean up some stuff and, and kind of pack my classroom away for the summer. And I saw my friend Christine, who is lovely. She is such a nice, genuine human being and so strong. Um, and she is an animal lover. So her and I are chatting, uh, when her and I, we don't get to talk to each other a lot because we're so busy with work and everything. But when we do see each other, it's, it's really nice to just like, you know, catch up and stuff. She's somebody that like makes you feel comfortable within 10 seconds of meeting them, which I think is very rare of people. So she's definitely, you know, a great person. So anyway, she adopted her dog and we were talking about, I wanted a dog so badly and you know, all of these things. And she was like, let me show you or like go follow on Facebook and Instagram this shelter where I got my dog. And it was the Associated uh, Humane Society of uh, Titten Falls. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to follow them and, and hope. And she's like, well, I hope it works out. Like, let me know if, you know, she really wanted to help us in the entire process. So she was definitely a good resource for me. That night I got home and I'm like scrolling through Facebook and they posted this picture and it, was like three-year-old mini poodle, you know, adult only home, very independent, you know, doesn't, doesn't care, you know, if it's, it's good if it's in an environment that not a lot's going on, loves going for walks. And I was like, this is my dog. Like he, the picture of him was so cute. He seemed so happy. And it was like, if you're interested, send an email. I sent it to Christine and I was like, this, this, I need this dog. And she was like, oh my God, I hope it works out. Let me know. So then the next day I had sent an email, but I was like very, um, impatient. So the next, that was that night, the next morning I called the shelter because I saw on Facebook, it said adoption pending. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want that dog. So I called and I said, you know, I see that it says adoption pending. Can I still fill out an application? And the lady was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just put that to show that, like, we're now going through the process of going through applications. So when, you know, she emailed me the application, I filled it out, I sent it back, like, within 30 seconds. And then a couple hours later, she said to me, um, do you want to come in to meet him tomorrow? And I was like, <gasps> yes. Now, here's the issue, everybody. I never told Frank. <laughs> I, <laughs> I put in the, you know, in the, in the email, like, oh yeah, I'm interested in him, blah, blah, blah. Didn't really think anything of it. So then when all this stuff started happening, I was like, yes, I want to meet him. When can I come in? I'll come in tomorrow. And then I was like, oh, I didn't tell Frank. So I called him when he was at work and I was like, are you busy? He was like, of course I am, but what? 
So I told him the whole thing, and he was like, send me a picture of the dog. So I sent him a picture, and he was like, tell her, meaning the lady at the shelter, we can come tomorrow. And I was like, oh, my God. But again, we weren't getting our hopes up because we thought her, by this lady saying, do you want to come in and meet him? We interpreted that as like, you're going to come in and meet him, but there's also other people. She had told me there was like 16 applications for him. So I was like, my thought process was we're going to come in and meet him, see if it's a good fit. And then they were going to make the decision about like, if we were, you know, good candidates to adopt him, because I don't know if you guys have ever adopted animals before, but the application alone is like the most intrusive thing ever. It's like, how many square feet is your house? What's your blood type? Would you be willing to give up your first newborn for this for this dog? And, you know, what are you going to feed him? And who's going to be able to walk him? And how many hours are you going to be out of the house? And how long is your commute to and from work? And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. But I was willing to do it, right? So we thought that we were just meeting this dog. We did not know that that meant that we could take him home that day. So the next day, so we didn't tell anybody. We told no one we were getting this dog. We were going to see this dog because I didn't know what to expect. If it was, hey, we're going to go meet this dog and you're going to take him home, then I would have told people. But what I didn't want to happen was say, hey, we're going to go see this dog and, you know, we're going to adopt him and then it not work out and have to explain that to people and, like, continuously break my own heart. Because I was so, like, I, I convinced myself that I was getting this dog. And I know that I probably should not have done that I was actively saying like I'm really trying not to get my hopes up I'm not getting my hopes up I'm not getting my hopes up but also was already picturing like where his water bowl was going to go and where his bed was going to be and what we were gonna like what kind of life we were going to have together which is so bad but I couldn't help it it felt it just felt like it was going to work out so we didn't tell anyone um which I know offended some people but I I really tried to stick with that because I wanted to make sure that I, when I was going to tell somebody that I got a dog, that he was like in my house and he was mine. I signed over for him. So we get to the shelter and again, because of the virus, everything is like so crazy. We had to make an appointment when usually you would be able to just go and we made an appointment and we had to wear masks and we were outside with the dog. So they, they brought him, they brought him over and he just, he walked over and he sat down right next to me and Frank and he's just looking at us and we like went to throw a ball to him and he just like was uninterested and he's still very uninterested in toys. Um, and he just like sat with us and he was like walking around a little bit and then just came and sat next to us and he was so calm and so chill and Frank was like, oh, this is a good boy. Like we, we should, you know, I, we should get him. So we were kind of like, all right, what do we do from here? So we went back inside and we were like, oh, yeah, we really like him. And, you know, we're, we're willing to adopt him, you know, if if that's possible. Thinking that they're going to be like, yeah, we'll let you know. They were like, okay, let's get it started. And I, I, like, stopped the lady. I was like, wait, what? Like, I can take him home today, like, right now, like, after I finish signing? And she was like, yeah, like, you're going to take him home today. I almost fainted. I literally almost fainted. I thought I was going to cry, but I was really trying to hold it together. Because I was trying to make a good impression <laughs> to the point where I um, blew out my hair. I put on makeup, put on jewelry. I painted my nails. I put on jeans. Like, I went all out for this dog because I wanted to show the shelter that, like, we were good people. And apparently, 
um, mascara will will show them that you're a good person. Um, <laughs> so stupid. But I was like, I was like, don't cry, don't lose your shit. They're gonna they're gonna think you're insane. So we we signed everything and we bring him in the car and we're like, oh my god, we have a dog. He's amazing. He's the best. He's fluffy. We love him. And so yeah, it's been it's been quite the ride. We're so happy. It's like really delirious. And you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of work and I'm not pretending that it's not, but he makes it easy and we're just really happy. So there's some good news in all of the craziness. I mean, it is selfish, but it's good news for me and for Frank and, you know, we're having the time of our life with him. It's hilarious because it's so true. Like Frank will come home from work and he says hi to the dog before he says hi to me, but I'm totally fine with it. And, uh, you know, I'm obsessed with him and it's just, it's such a nice feeling to have something that constantly makes you happy. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what's new with us. Um, I'm done with work. I'm done with remote learning. Um, which feels really sad, but also kind of a relief. I mean, it was a lot of work, but we did such a, we did a crazy amount of work that I feel like I'm like, I have no closure. Um, however, we did like a drive-by send-off for our kids and it was so great to see all of our students and it was so great to feel like, okay, like this does feel like the end of the year. Um, but it's so funny because it's June, it's almost July at this point, And I still feel like I'm in March. Like I haven't really processed March, April, and May. And, um, it's hard. It's really hard because I, being at work made me miss it so much. Like seeing the kids and, and seeing the parents and, you know, not being able to really connect with them and, and, you know, I'm not a big hugger, but like giving hugs and, and congratulating our kids for graduating, like it just, it, it was hard, but, um, it was really nice to see them. And it was so weird. Like I hadn't seen them in four months and, and, or three or four months. And, um, they were emotional and we had such a great time like cheering for them. And, you know, we did, they created, our school created like a video about it. And it was, it was nice, but it is hard. We did get the, uh, the guidelines that we're going to be going back to work in September, but they're looking, it's looking a little crazy. So we'll see what comes out of that. Honestly, I'm just grateful to be going back to work. I just hope that it's safe and, you know, I can do justice to my job. Uh, because that's what it felt like. It felt like I couldn't do justice to my job because we, a, a large piece of what I do was taken out when we, when we were, you know, going remote. Like you can't just, like I tried my best to teach, but you need the interaction, you need the eye contact, you need the social cues, you need the emotional piece. Um, so hopefully in September, things are looking a little different. I'm excited to, to know that I'm going to go back, but I don't know. It's crazy. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. I don't know what I'm going to do with the dog when I go back to work because I was like, oh yeah, I'll probably be home for a while. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I wanted to just do a little bit of a check-in and update and I'm still here and I'm still trying to, you know, do, do this well, but life got a little scary and crazy and sad and overwhelming and it would have felt really off if I just continued to talk about frivolous things without addressing some really important things. Um, I encourage you guys to, to, 
research and learn and see how you can help and, and donate and, and just be more aware of, of everything that's been going on in the world. Um, the virus is still a real thing. I know that people probably don't think it is. I ventured out. I went to a restaurant, um, and it was fine. Um, you know, if you're smart, that's the thing. Like you have to really be smart. Like I well, I went to the restaurant, you know, you wear the mask, you wash your hands, you, you, you do what is being asked of you. I'll go to the beach and I, you know, I don't, I don't interact with people that, you know, I don't personally know or, and, and listen, if I am with friends, like I'm not hugging them, I'm staying far apart. I'm not, I'm not being dumb. Like, don't be dumb. Um, however, you know, they're, it's still very scary and it's still a real thing. And, and people, I, I feel like everybody just thinks that, like, it's over now because it's nice out. And I know it's hard, um, but you got to, if you're going to start moving forward, you need to do it the right way. Like, tomorrow I'm going to get a COVID test because I don't want to keep, I don't, like, I went out to a restaurant and I, you know, the world didn't end, but I also want to make sure that that's, that I'm being responsible. So I'm going to go get tested tomorrow. It's probably going to be uncomfortable, but it's smart to do. Um, and now that doesn't mean like, okay, if it comes out negative. Now I can just go live my life. You just still have to be really smart about it. Like wear your stupid mask. I know that it hurts and it, well, maybe not hurts, but it hurts your ego. Maybe I know that it's uncomfortable. I know that it's hot out. I know that it doesn't match your shoes. Like whatever, wear your stupid mask, wear your mask. If you want this thing to end, wear, wear the mask. Just, just. Oh my God, just stop being selfish for like two minutes. You want to go to a restaurant? Great. Wear the mask till you sit down. You want to go to the beach? Cool. If you can't social distance on your way down to the, to the, you know, to where you're going to sit, wear your mask. Um, you know, it's just, that like, I'm still pretty weary about like going to certain places. Like I'm still only going to like the grocery store or you know, the beach where I'm outside, or if I'm going to go outdoor eating, like, that to me, like, feels like I can have a little bit of control over it, but, like, I'm not going to a mall. As much as I want to go to, like, a Home Goods, a TJ Maxx, I'm not going. Um, I'm not going to go, you know, just pick up my life as if, like, nothing is happening anymore. I think, you know, our state is getting a lot of, like, crap for doing things really slowly, but, I mean, we've seen what happens when you, you try to, you know, go back right into your daily routine too soon. And, you know, it's not just about you. So there's that. Anyway, I just wanted to give a little bit of a update and we're all, you know, I'm still here and I'm, maybe I'll try my best to not take such giant leaps of time. Um, but again, there's reasons for everything. And, I hope everybody's enjoying this nice weather and the summer and, and making the best of, of what we can. With that being said, let's go have ourselves a, what day is today? A Monday. Let's have ourselves a Monday. Talk to you guys soon.